the holy pair, Adam and Eve, were not only children under the fatherly care of God, but students receiving instruction from the all-wise Creator. The laws and operations of nature which have engaged men's study for 6,000 years were opened to their minds by the infinite framer and upholder of all. So they had the, the, the privilege of seeing the untarnished glory of God revealed in all the earth or in the earth that they saw. They were very involved with the glory of God. And I love the statements that we find in the Spirit of Prophecy that give us a glimpse into the experience they had with it. Um, they held converse. What is converse? Conversation, talking. They held converse with leaf. Have you ever talked to a leaf? <laughs> with leaf and flower and tree, gathering from each the secrets of its life. With every living creature from the mighty Leviathan that playeth among the waters to the insect moat that floats in the sunbeam. Can you imagine that? The tiniest speck of God's creation that is a life form that they actually studied. And in fact, Adam was familiar. He had even, he had given to each its name and was acquainted with the nature and habits of all. Absolutely incredible. Amazing, the smallest life forms. On every leaf of the forest or stone of the mountains and every shining star in earth and air and sky, God's name was written. The order and harmony of creation spoke to them of infinite wisdom and power. They were ever discovering some attraction that filled their hearts with deeper love and called forth fresh expressions of gratitude. Amazing. Adam and Eve could trace the skill and glory of God in every spire of grass and in every shrub and flower. The natural loveliness which surround, surrounded them reflected like a mirror the wisdom, excellence, and love of their heavenly Father. And their songs of affection and praise rose sweetly and reverentially to heaven, harmonizing with the songs of the exalted angels and with the happy birds who were caroling forth their music without a care. That'd be quite a choir, wouldn't it? The music from man and angels and birds harmonizing together. I think one day we'll get that experience of singing along with them and praising God in the redeemed world. Now, beyond the perfect creation after the fall, now, sin has marred God's perfect work, yet that handwriting remains. Even now, all created things declare the glory of His excellence. There is nothing save the selfish heart of man that lives unto itself. No bird that cleaves to the air, no animal that moves upon the ground, but ministers to some other life. There is no leaf of the forest or lowly blade of grass, but has its ministry. All of God's creation are bondservants. And a bondservant is not, you know, we think of a bondservant as a slave, somebody that's kind of, you know, a servant is someone who just serves, right? But a bondservant, if you go back into the 
uh, Old Testament there. Do you remember the um, law where if a servant decided that he wanted to give himself to his master for the rest of his life and serve, he was to have his ear pierced with an awl and that was a sign that he had given himself to serve and he gave himself willingly and joyfully to serve because he loved his master. And so the, the, the bond servant, when we think about bond servants, there's a joyful service. There's a, there's a, a service of willingness and, and, and enjoyment from serving. So every tree and shrub and leaf pours forth that element of life without which neither man nor animal could live. And man and animal in turn minister to the life of tree and shrub and leaf. That's our work in the garden. We're ministering to the life forms that then in turn minister to us and to those who we provide the food to. And that's one thing I always emphasize to my workers when we're working and, 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 and cultivating and, and harvesting. The work that we are doing here, we are serving the people that, that uh, eat, our, eat the food. We are ministering to them. We're part of the cycle uh, that God has created to provide food and nourishment for, for people. It's part of the glory of God to work in the garden and to grow food and, and, and to uh, make it available. And, you know, the, it's part of the glory of God, too, that we grow nutritious food. Do you know that man, we read about, just hear about, there's nothing save the selfish heart of man that lives unto itself. You know a lot of agriculture is done through the selfish heart of man, put the, the least amount in to get the most dollar out, and so the nutrition of food is going down, 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 down. Um, and uh, there's actually data out there that um, has analyzed food for, you know, way back uh, decades ago and, and, and current food and the nutrition value is so much lower than it used to be. Um, in fact, in, in uh, some, uh, some cases, I think it's less than half of what it used to be. And so I believe that us as God's servants, his bond servants, serving people, he, 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 um, he wants to bless people with the best, that it is our duty to give, to, to make sure we put the right nutrients in the soil, to, to not cut back on the expenses, because sometimes, you know, well, if I put this on or that, it's going to cost more money and, you know, um, but when we give the best, we are being servants of God to give the best to our families, to our customers, to those who we are seeking to reveal the glory of God to. So let's carry on with this quote. Um, the flowers breathe fragrance and unfold their beauty in blessing to the world. The sun sheds its light to gladden a thousand worlds. The ocean itself, the source of all our springs and fountains, receives the streams from every land, but takes to give. The mists ascending from its bosom fall in showers to water the earth that it may bring forth and bud. It's really incredible when you think about the, uh, the amazing cycle of water. Think about the glory of God revealed through water. Water gets polluted and contaminated pretty quickly, doesn't it? And, you know, we use so much water in our daily household use, flushing the toilet and washing dishes and, and showering and all of these things, and the water goes down. And God has this amazing system. The water eventually flows out 
through the, the ground, through the uh, streams to the ocean. It evaporates up and goes in the clouds. It floats over and then it drops onto the hills and the mountains and, and where we live in, in California, we're very dependent on the snow and the ice that has accumulated through the winter because we have five months of no rain. And uh, then during the summer, the, the snow and ice that's stored there is melting and, and running through streams and canals that man have, has made and supplying us with water to be able to grow our food through the dry summer. God made an incredible system uh, to supply us with our need for water. And every form of life, every cycle reveals his glory. I, I don't have time to get into the intricacies, nor do I understand the intricacies. But when you look at the nitrogen in the atmosphere and how rain pulls it down into the ground and, and increases it, and how there's bacteria in the soil that, that fixes nitrogen to supply the plants, and then there's the decomposition of organic matter that uh, nitrogen is involved in, and the whole cycle is incredible. It reveals the glory of God. And then there's the carbon cycle. Again, I don't understand it very well, but I understand it's very necessary. But look at the plants, how they take the carbon dioxide and they, 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 they put out oxygen for us to breathe. It's just incredible how God purifies what, what gets, uh, what we need, you know, it's just, he cleans up the air. We're polluting it more than, and getting rid of the forms of life that are actually meant to clean it up. And so our air is getting more and more polluted. Uh, but God's original creation, the way he designed it, everything was pure and everything was clean. And we're getting further and further away from the glory of God. And man thinks he's wiser than God, but creates so many problems. I don't know if you have problems with smog over here, but I've been, I've, I've seen it in America, but I've been to China and I tell you, I felt like I was dying. I felt like I'd been smoking continuously cigarettes and my, my, my lungs felt so bad, I couldn't wait to get out of there. And um, when man builds his cities and, and crowds people into these cities thinking that he's got a more uh, efficient way of dealing with uh, life and the needs of man and, and, and getting the farmers off the land and getting these farmers that, that farm thousands and thousands of acres with GMO crops that they can grow so much volume of food so they can feed man and everything that God creates is breaking down, the health of man is breaking down and um, it's really uh, evident that uh, man's wisdom is very foolish. God, if I can get this thing to click over, God employs many agencies. Many agencies our Lord employs to make the seed, apparently thrown away, a living plant. And he supplies in due proportion all that is required to perfect, perfect the harvest. You know, I wish, I wish I could see, like Adam saw, you know, to see you know, the little tiny specks of life and study them. And we, we use microscopes and we use things to try to amplify and see. But there's a whole world that's not visible to our eye that are servants, bond servants of God that he created, filled with his glory, that serve continually to provide um, the food that we need and to cause the plants to grow. It's incredible when we think about these forms of life.
in everything that tends to the sustenance of man is seen the concurrence of divine and human effort. There can be no reaping unless the human hand acts its part in the sowing of the seed. But without the agencies which God provides in giving sunshine and showers, dew and clouds, there would be no increase. So all these agencies of God are working together with us to cause our plants and to, to grow and pro provide fruit and vegetables and nourishment for us. Many agencies and it's, been, it's my desire to learn more and more about the agencies that God uses and then to work in harmony and cooperation with these agencies so that um, his design can be revealed because I believe that when we do that, we are not only seeing the glory of God at work, but we are revealing the glory of God. And as we understand that, we have the opportunity to share the glory of God with others so that they can see what an awesome God we have. I plan to take a course uh, this year from uh, Dr. Uh, Elaine Ingham, who's supposed to be the leading uh, soil biologist um, I don't know if that's true, but uh, and there are some questions about whether the approach that she has is a lo has long-term sustainability. But I believe that there's got to be enough truth in what she she teaches about the soil biology that um, as we see the forms of life that God has created and work with them and sustain them and um, and nourish them that God will bless and as we combine our knowledge of, if you've been in Whitmar's class, um, learning about the, the chemistry of the soil and you know, getting that balance in there and, and get that right balance where these forms of life can flourish, it provides an atmosphere where, you've, uh, where they, they thrive. I believe that we can blend the knowledge together to have exceptional results. Um, I have to watch the time, I could say a lot more. <laughs> but um, anyway, it's just exciting to work with God. It's exciting to see His glory. And um, I have found, I'm gonna to share tomorrow with you some experiences I've had just sharing the, the small amount of knowledge, the little bit that I've been able to learn of the glory of God, sharing that with others and how, what a powerful impact it has on opening their hearts to the Lord. It's so powerful. You know, I think we have been gospel hardened. Everybody, you know, it's been 2,000 years since the cross, the Reformation, 500 years, and people have heard. And sometimes they're so hardened to hearing about it that they're not really, you, you can't directly just go and talk about um, the Lord without uh, them putting up a wall. But we can talk about the creation, the glory of God, and they're very interested and open to that. And then when they see what an awesome, good God, then it's like all of a sudden they start being open to what else he has for them. And anyway, I'll share that with you tomorrow. But uh, God employs many agencies and we need to learn about these agencies. Do you know that Job, Job in the Old Testament, he was a farmer and he was an amazing man. He was an Adventist, did you know that? He was a Seventh-day Adventist. If you read through the book of Job and you study all his lifestyle and the things that he did and the way he, he served God and his obedience and everything, you'll find the Adventist doctrine all the way through the book of Job 
in the way his life and the life that he led um, uh, is revealed. And he lived to the glory of God. Everything he did was revealing the glory of God and see how God blessed him. You know, sometimes we think that, you know, serving God um, means that we're going to live a life of poverty. He was a rich man. God could trust him with resources. Why? Because he used his resources to reveal the glory of God and taking care of the needs of those who were less fortunate. Because it was his mission to reveal the glory of God to, to the men around him. He was constantly, he even searched out looking for people who were in need. And um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating to see. But that man really is an example to us of the life, I believe, that God wants us to live. Now, what does that have to do with agriculture and, and so on? I found a fascinating verse in the book of Job. You know, Job had friends, and they were miserable friends, right? And they were saying, oh, come on, just, you know, fess up and, you know, uh, you know you've sinned. You know you've done something miserable. God's punishing you for it. And he was, most of what he said was in his defense. Look, I've been serving God. I've been doing this, and I've, I haven't been doing, you know, what you're saying. And so in his his uh, defense, he, he, he talks about his life that he lived, but right at the very end of his defense, there's a little passage that reveals his farming practices. Did you know that? Have you seen that? It's really fascinating, and I'll, I'll share it with you. He says in Job 31, verses 38 through 40, he says, if my land, and that word land, if you look it up in the original language, means, literally means soil, my land, my soil, if my land cries out against me, do you think that these little forms of life communicate? Didn't Adam and Eve communicate with leaf and we're familiar with all these little forms, even the, the little speck, that moat, that, that, you know, tiniest form of life. Do you think they communicate? Do you think God actually communicates to these little forms of life? I think so. I think they are his bondservants. I think they serve him in order to provide for the, means of ma uh, the needs of man. I think that they are actually God revealing his glory throughout the whole earth. If my land, my soil cries out against me and its furrows weep together. If I have eaten its fruit without money. In other words, if I have just harvested and taken and taken and taken and not put back and not supplied their needs and, and ministered to them and been a bondservant to them as well. If I've eaten its fruit without money, without supplying, or caused its owners, the owners, the inhabitants of the soil, the people, not the people, the life forms that live there, to lose their lives. Do you know modern agriculture today is killing the life in the soil? All these gallons and gallons and liters and liters of herbicides and... Um, 
that are just being sprayed on there that just, and even the chemical fertilizers, killing the life in the soil. He says, or caused its owners to lose their lives. And he's basically giving an argument, you know, if, if, if I've done this, then yes, there is something against me. There is an accusation against me. I have been unfaithful and therefore I will deserve to be under God's punishment or judgment. But he says, if, I, if, if this is the case, then let thistles grow instead of wheat and weeds instead of barley. So God, uh, Job was a faithful farmer. He cared for the life forms that God had created. He worked in harmony with them because it was the glory of God and God blessed him and he was a wealthy man and he was, his, 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 I, I don't know what his farm was like and his crops were like, but I would think that they produced abundantly and that was why one of the reasons why he was wealthy because God blessed him because he worked in harmony. And I believe that the, the plan of salvation is not just to save us from our sins, it's to restore the image of God in us, which is his glory, which means we become bondservants. And as bondservants, we work in harmony with the whole network of creation that reveals the glory of God and includes the uh, soil. I guess my time is running out, so I must wind up. But in the soil, there's all these different forms of life, incredible life, and I encourage you to study and, and become familiar with these forms of life, but they are bondservants of the Lord Jesus. They are the glory of God revealed in all the earth. In Psalms 119, verses 90 and 91, it says, Your faithfulness endures to all generations, you establish the earth and it abides. They continue this day according to your ordinances. For all are your servants. Psalms 145, 15 and 16. The eyes of all look expectantly to you and you give them their food in due season. The eyes of all. Does that include these forms of life, these little specks of life that God created? as his bondservants, you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. Lastly, in Revelation 14, the three angels' messages that we've been given, we have the privilege of sharing these messages from God to the world the first angel's message. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him. Give glory to him. The whole earth is filled with his glory. God has been serving you through his agency throughout your life. He's been blessing you. Look how he has done it. Open the eyes of people to the glory of God. That's part of the first angel's message. You know, we, we emphasize the Sabbath. You've got to worship him. He's our creator. But revealing the glory of God can open them to say, wow, thank you, Lord. Yes, I want to worship you on Sabbath. That's your day. That commemorates that you created all the things that are blessing me in my life. 
The hour of his judgment has come. And I believe that the hour of his judgment has to do is, do we recognize him as the one who loves us and blesses us, gave his life for us, has saved us? And are we then united back as bondservants of the Lord Jesus? Are we back in harmony with the, the network, network of creation? Worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. May God help us to see his glory and just rejoice in it and be part of revealing that to the whole world. Let's pray. Loving Father in heaven, thank you so much. We've just scratched the very small surface of your glory and, and, and been meditating on it this morning. Thank you, Lord, you're amazing. And um, we pray that uh, our hearts during the Sabbath day as we worship you as our creator will be just lift, lifted up with um, praise and adoration. And even though I know I don't sing very well, and, but may our voices as we do praise you and worship and, and sing and, and talk, may our voices also blend with the angels and the birds that sing to you and, and love you. Uh, may you be pleased with the, the uh, gratefulness of our hearts. Thank you, Father, for blessing us so much. In Jesus' name, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www dot audioverse dot org